Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Golf Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. I am Mike Todorich, your host. And I guess another welcome is, is in order. Um, welcome to the wacky world of golf that we're um, beginning to live through. Um, as we know, we have much bigger problems uh, to face than golf, but <laughs> boy, has there been a lot of stuff going on this week. Um, and there are no tournaments being played anywhere. Um, one of the things is, and I guess it may be the biggest thing across the country, is people want to be out playing golf. And there are states in which that's not allowed. Governments in those states have shut down golf and that isn't sitting well with with some places, uh, Wisconsin and South Carolina are both um, considering some to- some sort of legal action that could force governments to rescind those bans. Um, how how successful that's going to be. Uh, is unknown. Um, I know that locally, you know, Pennsylvania is one of those states that's uh, where golf is prohibited. And for the most part, that's being followed, that ruling. Um, But uh, I understand that at least one golf course, which has been closed, uh, was visited by the authorities and warned to shut down. But at the same time, I know of a couple other courses that have been playing, uh, haven't really stopped since the, the, the coronavirus pandemic hit, um, and they were <laughs> playing to Semi-full houses this week. Um, I'm not going to name names to protect the innocent or guilty, whichever way you you look at it. Um, All in all, there are 12 states that 
have closed golf as a non-essential um, business. Um, you know, you can make you can make the argument both ways. Um, and you know, we talked about it a lot last week, and, and I don't know that we need to go over that a whole lot this week. Um, it's just one of those things where <laughs> there's a lot of um, pent-up desire to play golf. You know, places like Myrtle Beach and, and down south, um, this is their time. This is when all the buddy, not all, but a lot of the buddy trips that go on every year, you know, guys go 15 years um, every year. Uh, well, those, they're, they're not having those because uh, Myrtle Beach has closed their courses till April 30th. And they're, fight, they're fighting that ruling um, through a golf council of South Carolina. Um, but at the same time, there's a place down there called Cherokee Valley Course and Club. You can book, pay, and check in online. Go to the first tee with three players and walk the course or ride in a cart single with the social distancing of six-foot spacing. Flagsticks can stay in, and there are PVC or foam rings in the cups so that you don't have to reach down into the cups and, and get your ball out. There are no bunker rakes, so you smooth them with your shoes and move on. It's 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 a big deal. It, it is, but you know we we can't make it bigger than it is. You know there are lots of uh, small businesses that being shut down is a big deal too. Um, but in the golf industry itself, um, it's it's amazing. Uh, Twelve states not allowing their their um, their courses to stay open. But there are other news items that, that I think I wanted to make you aware of this on this uh, stormy Saturday morning. Um, you remember the, the very popular series that Golf Channel had for several years, The Big Break? Well, they're going to start rerunning those, and as they say in TV, check your local listings, because I'm, I'm not sure what the times are, but they're going to start, I believe, Monday with uh, Big Break 2 Las Vegas. Um, that might be fun to, to go back and check out um, as you're looking for things to watch and do. Um, one one uh, item that's that falls under the category of, of too bad is the uh, Drive, Chip, and Putt National Finals, which were scheduled for the Sunday of Masters Week on April 5th, have been rescheduled for next April, the 4th in 2021. You know, that's a big deal for the kids. 
that that have qualified for the national finals. You know, they get to take a member or two of their family. And Sunday, the focus is all on them, and it's become a nationally te- televised event, and it gets big ratings on Sunday morning. Um, but it will not be held this year, uh, and they're doing a very good thing. Each finalist from this year will be allowed to compete in the age bracket in which they originally qualified. So what that means is there will be no qualifying process this year for the the event in 2020. I mean 2021. The kids from this year, they'll go and there'll be no qualifying the rest of the year, and that will restart after the one in, in um, 2021. So that that's too bad uh, because, you know, the kids love that and, and people really liked watching it at home. Uh, perhaps the biggest bit of news, <laughs> as always, uh, there, there is intrigue and, and um, you never know quite who to believe um, when, when you get dealing with these organizations. Um, but the U.S. Open scheduled to be at um, Wingfoot Golf Club in Mamaroneck, New York. I always thought that was a strange name. Um, it's It has become this week the third major of the four to be postponed. Um, it's going to be played well, no, it is hoped that they'll be able to play it at Wingfoot later on this summer, but um, it's going to be postponed. I mean, and that seemed like the, the, the only thing to do because uh, Wingfoot is five miles from New Rochelle, which, as I think we talked about last week, that's the, that's the epicenter of the pandemic in New York. So that wouldn't have been a really good idea, you know, even as far out as mid-June, because there there most likely will still um, be people sick in that area. Um, A report in the New York Post said that um, the USGA um, told the tournament that it's not going to take place as scheduled um, and they stopped um, all construction on grandstands, corporate hospitality. Um, So I think with all these tournaments that are going to get rescheduled, um, they're not going to look like what they've looked like in the past because, you know, some of these are going to be postponed and and then, the tournaments are going to stop that construction and then until they find out when they're going to get postponed to. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it, so much is up in the air at this point. Um, the only major that is scheduled, at least for the moment, to go when it's scheduled is the British Open, which is set to be played. July 16th through the 19th at Royal St. George. Um, But, you know, who knows? Um, The U.K. is being affected by this as well. 
Um, so the interesting part will be now the Masters can't be played until after – I mean, once – until at least October because they shut down in the summer and don't reopen until early October. And the PGA Championship, they're postponed, and the feeling is they're going to be played in the week that the U.S. Or that the Olympics were, were scheduled to be held. Once the Olympics got canceled or postponed till next year, now there's a there's a week open, and the feeling is that's where the the um, uh, PGA is going to go. Where the Open will, will fit, they don't know. Well, at least they're not saying anything. Uh, if if they actually know um, where it will be and when, um, just for a reference point, there hasn't been a golf tournament played since the Players Championship was canceled on March 12th after one round. So as we at home deal with our situations and we as cities and towns um, deal with the, the, the situations as they unfold, it is, it is uh, obviously a, a wacky world out there now. I'm sure there are conversations even down to the local level. Um, I bet phones are ringing uh, a lot everywhere, um, as like the Tri-State PGA and the West Bend Golf Association, they are, they are led by their national um, associations. So, you know, they're, they're talking with them, and, and then you move on up to, um, you know, the, the like the um, uh, Symmetra Tour and, and, you know, the Corn Ferry, and they're, you know, they're having similar conversations to what the PGA Tour is having about how they're going to get these golf tournaments played if, indeed, uh, they, they do get them played. Um, it, this, this struck me this week, and it's not ha-ha funny, but ironic, I guess, Everybody remembers that last year was the first year of the PGA Tour's condensed schedule. You remember? Uh, they wanted to be done by uh, mid-August with everything so that they didn't conflict with football. Now that's kind of working against them because there are no open weeks uh, except for that Olympic week, but you know that's a pretty much of a foregone foregone conclusion that the PGA championship's going to go there. What I think's going to happen in an effort to to try to play some of these tour events, they'll play those opposite the major that's that's been rescheduled. They, they do that now uh, on the PGA Tour with um, 
World Golf Championship events, there's always an alternate tournament to allow the guys who don't qualify for, I believe it's the top 60 uh, players in the world, so they have a place to play at, at that point. So I'm imagining that's going to be something that will be, be discussed. Um, so, <laughs> I, you know, trying to um, trying to even be a little uh, fly on the wall, I'm guessing it's, it is crazy in some of those phone calls, um, all the details that need to work out and all the high-level meetings. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be something. And I wanted to let you know that 93.7 The Fan is doing our part to help Pittsburgh stay connected. Go to our radio.com app and get ideas to help you during this stay-at-home time. Just go to radio.com slash stay connected. All right, we're right up against the time for our first break. Uh, we're going to do that, and when we come back, we're going to talk to somebody who knows about playing on the Symmetra Tour and um, should like to be playing golf right now, too, but she's not. And as always happens, uh, Rachel Rohanna is uh, finding ways to keep busy. And um, we'll talk about that after this break, which includes a 2020 sports, sports update. And you're listening to The Golf Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Well, welcome back to The Golf Show. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, um, we're going to talk to a professional golfer and maybe get a little bit of an idea what – you know what happens uh, when when there's no golf to play, and I'm sure there are a lot of a lot of stories out there of what people are doing. But since we have our own aspiring LPGA tour player right here in Western Pennsylvania, I figured she was the obvious uh, obvious one to talk to. Good morning, Rachel, and welcome to the show. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I am good. How are you? Um, oh, you... I've been, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, were you going to say you've been better? I was going to say that, but, uh, you know, we're just trying to stay positive around here. <laughs> yeah. Um, now let's, let's just review in, in case people don't know. You, um, won your first event on the Symmetra Tour and you shocked the world when you were interviewed afterward and, and they asked you what you were going to do with your, your winnings, and you said, buy a cow. Yeah. And everybody, you know, I wasn't there, but I can imagine that the people that were interviewing you were probably saying to my, themselves, what did she say? Did she, <laughs> did she really say buy a cow? So, oh, I, they said it out loud, actually. Oh, <laughs> Well, hey, that's a shocking statement. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But now you and your husband have um, a a farm with many cows. And and that is your your life. That that is uh, how you make your living, especially now when you're not making any living on the golf course. So 
tell me what you're doing now that you're grounded um, from playing. Well, um, as you know, I'm a mom, so yes. part of me feels like, you know, I've, I've become a stay-at-home mom, but at the same time, um, we have so many businesses and things we're doing in the family that we're all just running around trying to help each other out. Um, obviously, I'm trying to do as much as I can, help Ethan out on the farm. Uh, we run a butcher shop as well. So, you know, I've been in and out of there a little bit. Um, and my mom runs a travel agency. I know you messaged me the other day about that. So I was in the travel agency helping her. So you think, you know, sports are hectic right now. You can only imagine what the travel agency is like. Oh, it's it's crazy. I feel awful. I mean, people's vacations are getting canceled. They're canceling them. Um, companies, travel companies have no clue what to do. They don't know when they're refunding people. They don't know when to rebook people. So I was in there the other day helping her out. And, um, yeah, it's just everything's pretty crazy right now, but we're just trying to do the best we can, I think, just like everyone else right now. Would you be, uh, when you were in, in the travel agency the other day, uh, after a few hours, would you have rather been standing over a 10-foot putt for a birdie on the 72nd hole? Uh, yes, very much yeah. so. I would rather be, I think, hitting my 10th shot out of a pond on my first hole than spending another hour in the travel agency. That's how, like, chaotic it was. So, you know, you, you said you, you've been, you know, helping the family and everybody's helping out. Do you talk much with your with your fellow players out there on the Symmetra Tour? I do. I mean, as much as we can um, communicate, obviously we don't, we're not seeing each other very much because we're all from around the world, but um, we have our own Facebook page where it's just players and we can communicate and keep in touch with everyone. Um, and obviously we text and we'll call each other here and there. And pretty much the only thing we're saying is like, you know, when do you think we're coming back? And, you know, when's this going to end? And what are they, are they keeping in mind the players from other countries? Are those players in other countries right now? Who have they been around? You know, um, when are they planning on coming back? And, yeah, I mean, it's everything's just up in the air. Nobody knows what to say. Nobody knows what to ask. And I think everybody's just, just like everything else, is trying to play it by ear, and hopefully this clears up quicker than, they, um, than they're planning. Yeah, it's it's – it's a mess right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you you guys are, you know, pretty much in the same sort of deal that every other level of golf is. You just got to sit right. and wait, um, and you have, you know, some events postponed, some will be canceled, and we just yeah. got to wait till it's safe for everybody to get out and, and see how it's all going to shake down. Right, right. And I go back and forth because, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, this Metro Tour, obviously, we're not getting nearly as many spectators. So maybe we'll start up sooner than the PGA um, or even LPGA and Senior Tour, Corn Ferry Tour. But then I also think that we might represent the most amount of countries. So, you know, we've got more players from all over the place. We don't know what their borders are like, what their country's like right now. So who knows what's going to happen? Do you do you get out and practice any? Um, as much that? as I can. As you 
Probably no. It's been pretty wet around here, pretty rainy. So I've been um, just going in our front yard, hitting balls there. And it's, uh, to be honest, that's about the most I've been doing just because it's been so wet. Ethan's been working like crazy hours. Um, you know, I told him, I said, you better, you better, uh, figure something out because I don't know when I'm going back to the course. So he's been waking up at three, coming home around five or six. Um, so it's, I'm getting out there as much as I can, but for the most part, just working on my swing in the yard and I've got a little putting green in my basement. So that's what I've been doing for the last two weeks and before, you know, before our first event, which we got to play in Winter Haven. Um, that's what I was doing for the most part. And you have your little caddy helping you out too? Oh, <laughs> yeah. She, uh, you know, she's finally showing interest too in the game. So she'll, we'll be downstairs in the basement. And like I said, my little putting greens down here. So she'll go grab her little club and try and hit the ball in the hole. Most of the time she just picks the ball up and puts it in the hole and turns yeah. around, claps. And so we all have to cheer for her. <laughs> That's that's I get to that point many times on the course. Me too. I pick it up and put it in. <laughs> yep. Um, you know who knows what the long-term repercussions of this might be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I said this I think last week. You know, I'm just taking our area because I know our area better than I know Wisconsin. So I know there are courses out there that have been hanging on, barely. Right. Um, this is certainly not going to help them. Right. Um, and if this is extended, um, <laughs> you know, as everybody knows in the golf business, if you get nice days in March, that's a bonus. Right, you know, right. Because you, you don't really count on those. <clears throat> and then you get into April when it gets, you know, a little more um, uh, pleasant to play and, and the courses are a little nicer. But, you know, the, all these people that are losing these days and these rounds, I don't think there's many outings yet. But still, income for some of these smaller golf courses is a big deal. And, um I fear that, that we're going to see some courses not open once once this has gotten through us. Yeah, and I mean, I, I you know, I feel I feel for the like it's it's any it's any business out there that has to you know shut down for a little bit, but um, it's really hard I think for the golf because they're shut down up here, like you said in Pittsburgh area, you know, all winter and um, March we've we've had. As wet as it's been, it's at least been warm, so people could have gotten out. And like you said, that's bonus money for them. Um, the only thing I can think of, I mean, hopefully, like I said, this clears up by, by May 1st. And, you know, it's been so nice. I think it's been tempting people to get outside and walk around. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll see double, you know, their numbers in April or May than they have in years past. And, you know, that, I think that's the only thing we can look at to try and stay positive that, Maybe it'll make people get out there more and golf more, and um, who knows. But uh, I know Nemecone Woodlands, they had to shut their courses down, and so I've already kind of been in contact with them and, you know, trying to think of ideas maybe once people can golf again, what we can do up there to attract people. And 
Uh, I think it's it's going to be tough, but I, I mean, I think um, I think a lot of people will get through it. Uh, that's the only thing I can we can hope for. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a new world, something yeah. you know, we, we've never experienced. Um, yep. Well, thank you for getting up early and and coming on with me as always. always <laughs> oh, no problem. I look um, forward to it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll meet up one of these days at a golf course. Yes, um, yes. So well, we'll be watching and see what happens, and hopefully you get back to get back, get back out there again um, relatively soon. I hope so, too. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rachel. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. That's Rachel Rohanna from Waynesburg. Um, she, I'm sure is um, reflective of what's going on all across tours. Um, that people not named Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, who don't have to worry about working, they're scraping around now, trying to find things to do, trying to find a way to earn some money. And, uh, you know, the Symmetra Tour is a, is a small tour, um, so, um, I'll bet she's very representative of, of what's going on out there. Although I don't think too many people have their own farm that they're working at, but anyway, she's, she's a, a nice young lady and it's always nice to have her on the show. Um, I wanted to tell you that the, the 93.7, the fan is, is going to, um, give you some listening entertainment, um, Starting, well, they have some classic pirate games that they're going to replay starting Monday at 8 p.m. It's going to be the 1990 NLCS Game 5. The Pirates were facing elimination in the NLCS, and they turned to Cy Young Award winner Doug Drabeck to try to keep their season alive. Drabeck just shut down the Cincinnati Reds for eight-plus innings, and the Pirates won a thriller 3-2 at Three Rivers Stadium. And then Thursday next week, April 2nd at 1 o'clock, the 2013 wildcard game (laughs) that was October of 2013, and I'm sure current players or current fans as well as older fans well, remember this. This is uh, the Pirates were in the first in their first postseason since 1992, and they beat the Reds again in the NL Wild Card game in front of a large and loud uh, crowd at PNC Park. Russell Martin, as you may remember, became the second Pirates player with a multi-home run playoff game, the first of which came off rattled Reds starting pitcher Johnny Cueto. Remember how the crowd got him and got him rattled and he dropped the ball on the mound and the crowd just went crazy. And a lot of people say um, that's the loudest crowd they've ever been around, and that may be. But it was certainly a lot of fun. And um, I wanted to also tell you that for the latest news on the coronavirus, Turn to News Radio 1020 KDKA. You can find KDKA at AM 1020, 93.7 HD2, 
or tell your smart speaker to play News Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, it's time for our second break. Um, we will be back and we'll be talking um, about golf courses and maintaining golf courses and how that's going in our region. And we'll do that right after this break. We'll have a sports uh, update and we'll be back on the golf show, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Well, welcome back to our final segment on the golf show today. Um, here's one one little tidbit I found that kind of puts, you know, who's playing, where are they playing, where aren't they playing. More than half of the top 25 courses on Golf Week's best list of resort courses are closed temporarily or this or to play just this coming week um, you know there are places like Kiwa Island um, uh, Pinehurst is kind of open not totally um, a lot of places that, that you know <laughs> as we were just talking about need the revenue um, and they're not getting it right now so anyway let's welcome our second guest of the day to the show. Um, Ken Fleasek has been the golf superintendent at the club at Nevillewood for a long time. He knows the turf there better than anybody. And um, I wanted to bring Ken on if, if he was available to talk about what's going on for, from a superintendent's perspective as, as we go through this time. Ken, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show. You're very welcome. I'm glad to have you. Um, let's start with, are, are you doing anything different with the course now than what you would be doing if people were out there playing? Yes, uh, we certainly are. Um, we have a smaller staff than we would normally have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to keep that staff as our crew as safe as possible. We're staggering our work schedules and limiting our interaction in the lunchroom and all of that, all of those things. Every person has their own cart, their own mower. We never have more than one person on any vehicle uh at one time or even throughout the day. Guys just don't switch around like they used to. Uh, having said that, the grass is just now starting to grow. I mowed my lawn yesterday for the first time this year. Mm. And so the same thing is happening on the on the golf course. You know, while we're closed, we still have to cut some grass or it's going to get out of control and not be, you know, putting greens won't be putting green height for very long. So we have to protect uh, those assets on the golf course so that when we are allowed to have golfers back out, we're in a reasonably good shape. So our tact is we're trying to plan to mow everything about half as often as we normally would. So if we could mow greens every other day instead of every day, that's probably what we'll do. Uh, if we mowed fairways four days a week, we might cut them twice. If we're mowing the rough twice a week, um, 
to keep it down short enough for playability. Now we would try to cut everything just once a week. Uh, obviously, we save some labor because no one needs to change holes if nobody's playing golf. Uh, we're not raking any bunkers, although when it rains, like we're, I hear we're supposed to get you know an inch and a half of rain later today, if some of the bunkers get washed out, we'll want to go push the sand back up so they don't get more ruined from the next rain. So there's still work to be done on the golf course, just you know, not quite as much as if people were playing out there, which is what we certainly want to get back to as, as soon as we possibly can. We're trying to airify our greens right now and get that done and over with. You know, be a few weeks earlier than normal. I uh, figure we might as well take advantage of this closure to do some of those things that uh, all golfers or our members hate when we do. I, sometimes I think golfers think we like to airify greens, uh, and we certainly don't. It's the most labor-intensive thing in the year. So we're actually you know, changing what, how we're doing that as well so that our workers aren't too close together. But we wanted to get some of those early spring projects done and out of the way now and uh while well, there's nobody around and we're not interrupting play um that sounds like like as you said there's still plenty of work to be done how how different is it in a normal year when you know when opening day is and you point to that that's your target now, you don't know when opening day is going to be, so you don't have a target. Does that is that more in your mind than what you actually do, or or is it some of both? Um, yeah, it makes it harder to plan for sure. Uh, typically, we probably have eight more workers starting this week coming up. The beginning of April, we start start to ramp up. You know, the grass starts to grow about this time every year. Um, so, unfortunately, those workers won't be coming back yet. We hope to get them on staff as soon as we can. Um, so, yeah, it's hard not knowing what we're doing. We're kind of planning for, you know, in the back of my mind, May 1st. We certainly hope to be open by then. We'd like to be open before that, especially since golf has been allowed in some of the neighboring states, uh, I think Ohio just closed golf courses yesterday. Uh, my daughter lives outside of New York City, 20 minutes outside of New York, and she belongs to a club, and, and her husband played yesterday. And that's the epicenter of yep. the outbreak in the country. So that's... Yep. That's the frustrating part. There's not enough consistency from one state to another. You know, our golfers here were able to cross over into West Virginia and Ohio to play this week, and they weren't allowed to play in Pennsylvania. We hope that's not a habit. <laughs> when all the courses here are open, they stick around here. Um, so, yeah, it's hard not knowing what the end date is. We're we're planning for the worst-case scenario, I guess, that we would be closed for a couple of months. We're obviously being very conservative with things we're buying. Uh, but I'm kind of thinking that by May 1st at the latest, we would be open. So there's not too many things we're going to forego. Like I said, we're just mowing everything sort of half as often um, as we normally would. There's some 
chemical applications we make this time of year for controlling seed heads on the poania that we have on all golf courses in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody treats the poa on their greens to keep the seed heads down. Some places do tees and fairways as well. So this year it might be a good year to find out, uh, you know, the by not having the white flowering seed heads on the greens, it helps playability in the spring. Yeah. We've always been taught in school that if the plant isn't using that much energy to produce the seed heads, then it's putting more energy into roots, and so you're going to have better rooting. So we partially control it for the agronomic benefits and partially for playability. So this might be a good year to test some of those various theories and skip a green since nobody's playing and, uh, you know, see what it does to the plant in the spring and if it makes any difference in the survivability of it in the summer. So I'm going to do a little experimentation on my own while no one's out there and see if we can learn something in situations like this. Maybe we'll all learn there's a more efficient way to do something on the golf course or a better way going forward. Uh, We don't want to you know, look at it as just doom and gloom. Maybe it's an opportunity to fine-tune all of our businesses a little bit and, and uh, see if we can learn something out of this and be ready for the next time. And do you talk much to your peers? Um, you know, have you guys gotten together at all to, to talk about all this? Uh, yeah, I have a sort of an inner circle of friends that I speak with fairly often. You know, I work at the club at Nevillewood. We're kind of down on the southwest side of Pittsburgh. And so the people at the neighboring courses I stay in closest contact with. So, yeah, we've been communicating pretty much every day. Um, you know, are, are you still mowing and what's your policy for golf and what are you thinking when are we going to open we bounce ideas off of each other we um, complain to each other (laughs) instead of our members sometimes Uh, commiserate i guess is what we do occasionally so we're all trying to uh, work together as best we can that's one of the great things i think about the golf business we don't really see each other as competitors uh, we see each other more as friends and confidants and always try to, you know, if I've got a problem, somebody's always going to come over and, and help take a look at it. So, yeah, we've been on the phone quite a bit lately, no more than normal, but uh, we've been talking to everyone. We're all in the same boat, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Um, however, um, you know, Neville Wood has established itself um, as one of Pittsburgh's premier golf courses and it's always been in really good shape and and um that's a, that's a credit certainly to you and your staff um thanks for coming on with me this morning i, I appreciate getting that insight uh it's a strange time for everybody and and um i, I just thought it'd be interesting to hear from the guy who who makes the grass grow um and, and hear what you guys are dealing with so I appreciate you coming on with me. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me, and uh, be more than happy to do it anytime. And hope everybody is ready for a good season. You know, we we think that everybody's been sitting in the house for a long time. We're hoping when all the bans are lifted, the golf courses are just going to be packed with players, and 
And hopefully we'll get these rainy weekends out of the way, and the weather will be nice every other Saturday and Sunday. So good talking with you, Mike. I'll be talking Uh, to you soon. Okay. That's Ken Fleasek from uh, the club at Nevillewood. He's the superintendent there. Um, The last item today, um, I don't know if you saw, but um, the home of uh, Davis Love III, Hall of Famer, you know, who's won a bunch of golf courses and um, is now trying his hand at being a a member of CBS golf team. Uh, His home uh, on St. Simon's Island uh, burned to the ground Friday morning. Um, Nobody was hurt in the blaze, but um, the the house was a total loss. And, um, you know, St. Simon's Island is one of the great places to go and to live. There are several tour players that live there, so uh, that's that's a tough deal anytime there's a fire involved. So that's going to wrap up today's show. Um, we'll be on the lookout for next week, see what happens, see if there's any movement anywhere, and we'll bring that to you next week at the same time, 7 to 8 a.m. on Saturday. Right here on 93.7 The Fan.